Hey everybody, welcome back to your Good Life Now podcast. I am Frankie Martinez, and today is the grand finale of season three, talking about a time to fight. And I hope this is, has encouraged you to fight for those things you need to fight for in life. And don't worry, you need you don't need to go pick a fight. Life has plenty of things that will bring the fight out inside of you. So that's just a byproduct of life. But we understand that what we mean, not just by fighting like things against us, but fight also means to just to put effort into what you want. I remember we opened up the very first ep- uh, episode in this season talking about the two landscape yards and, you know, obviously the one that looks nice is the one that you put work into that you fight for. And so that's what we mean by it's the time to fight. You got to put effort into things to make your life the way you want it so you can live your good life now. Of course, we're always reaching for goals. We're always striving for better, but you got to enjoy the process. We got to enjoy the process now because if not, I'm telling you, reaching that goal is not going to allow you to enjoy the process. I mean, not not going to allow you to enjoy it because after you reach that goal, you're going to set another goal and then another goal and then another goal. So the best thing to do is enjoy your, your good life now while you're doing whatever you want to do, while you're striving for bigger, better, greater, all those amazing things. It's good. So we are wrapping up today with a episode I titled, Is This Small Thing? holding back your promise. Small thing that can hold back your promise. Kind of going continuation from last week, we talked about the power of our words, but we're going to even go narrower to one avenue of our words, okay? I know it'll encourage and empower you, so check this out. In the Bible, you know, there was a time, well, if you don't, I'm telling you, there was a time where God delivered his people from Egypt, okay? And when he did, they were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years and God set them free, delivered them, obviously in a very God style way, not a normal, you're free. But I mean, tons of miracles happen. And the ending miracle was the famous story of them crossing the Red Sea where the sea actually opened up and let them walk through on dry ground. And then it closed up on their enemies and end of story, they're free, right? So that's what happened in the Bible. And these people have just seen miraculous things that God did for them, okay? And they are on their way to the promised land. They just left Egypt. They're on their journey, and they discover that things aren't going as planned. And what do they do? What would you think they do, right? you think they'd be like, no worries. This ain't nothing for the God who split the Red Sea. Everyone's screaming, God, God, God. You know, you would think that would have happened because of the miracles they've just witnessed, right? That they would have this super faith in God and like, oh, it's okay. In this situation, they had no water. It's okay. God will provide. He, if he split the Red Sea, he can make water. No, no, no. That's not what happened at all. I mean, actually, if you read the Bible, the exact opposite happened. It says, I'll read you one verse, Exodus 15, 24. It says, then the people complained. They complained and actually turned against Moses and said, what are we going to drink? And, you know, and and you'll see this cycle of them complaining, murmuring, the Bible calls it in certain translations. They complained about different things. I remember another complaining I read of them in the Bible. They say, oh, God, did you bring us out here to die because there weren't enough graves in Egypt? I mean, come on. So these guys are complaining because there's no water when they just saw so many miracles. But... Again, I want to be careful not to judge them, right? Because how many times 
has something like that happen in our life where God has done so many things great in our life, has proven himself faithful, but yet whatever we're currently facing, we can easily forget all the great things God has done for us. We can easily forget how many times God has come through for us in the past and start doing what they did, complaining, right? Complaining. And and now I don't blame them either because, I mean, if you read their story, they were traveling for three days without water in the desert. And then they find water and it's bitter water that's undrinkable. I mean, that's some real stuff they're dealing with. It wasn't like they stubbed their toe and they're complaining to God, okay? Imagine three days. Just imagine three days without water, period, okay? But add to that three days without water, traveling by foot in the hot desert. I mean, that's that's rough, okay? And then you finally get your hopes up because you see some water, but it's bitter. It's undrinkable. You can't even drink it. So and that's what they were experiencing and going through. And I think it's important to understand that they weren't just being babies complaining. They were complaining. Yes, they were complaining, but they were complaining about some real stuff they were going through. They were experiencing some real stuff. And why is that important? Because sometimes we go through real stuff too. And it's the real stuff that we go through that can easily cause us to want to complain as well. Cause us to want to say, oh, well, why is this happening? Why me? Or how come you're not coming through for me, God? Or where are you? I thought you were going to do this. I thought that. And so we could be facing some real stuff in our life. You might be facing something you've never faced before. And the easy tendency is to automatically complain, right? And just we learned last week, we talked about the power of our words. But I want to specifically talk about the word to complain, okay? The word complaining. And and as I saw this repetitive cycle in the Bible, I began to understand and, and study the word complain that's actually used here in the Hebrew word. And it actually translated, it means, it, I found it interesting, and then God showed me what it meant. But the word complain here, to complain, to grumble, to murmur, whatever translation you're reading, it says they began to complain. It means to stop, to stop overnight or stay permanently. So, and I was like, what does that mean? That they, every time they complained, it means to stop. And God began to show me, it reminded me of this crazy experience I had as a pretty much a newlywed. Okay. I got married at 18 and we didn't have much, you know, uh, my father-in-law, I didn't even have a car. My father-in-law let me borrow his car and it was a 1972 Ford Mustang, okay? Uh, Some of you might sound like, wow, that's a nice car. Well, this was not a nice one, (laughs) okay? It ran, so I was super grateful, okay? And me and my wife, that was our first car. We would drive it around, but man, when we drove it around, everybody knew we were coming because this thing, it squeaked. And I don't mean a squeak, it squeaked like crazy. I mean, it had multiple squeaks from multiple places on this car. It sounded like, okay, I shouldn't do that. This is audio. That probably sounds very crazy, but I'm trying to give you an example. It was literally squeaking multiple places. So when we drove, you could hear us down the street. We're coming on top of the squeaks. Okay, this thing leaked oil like crazy. 
I mean, it leaked so much oil that you could see the smoke from the oil coming along the sides of the car. So we we, we called it the glory of the Lord because as the children of Israel, you know, the, the Bible says a cloud followed them by day. And I sure felt holy because everywhere I drove, there was a cloud following me by day. I just couldn't see it at night. But it, it wasn't a cloud of the glory of the Lord. It was actually my oil burning as it was dripping out of this car. I mean, it was so bad. Uh, there was a, the seat was even broken, but no worries there because there was a two by four holding the seat up in the back. So this was my first car, guys. And I know everyone has their first car stories. And this was my first car story. The funny thing is my wife was a legal secretary at the time. And so I drove to pick her up and, and I'm not kidding. This is so funny. Okay. I go pick her up. And we're paused. I wait for her to come down. And then we're ready to drive off. And I'm, I turn on the car. I step on the gas, but the car would not move. And I'm like, oh, great. What's going on here? So I, I step on the gas a little harder and, you know, give it some power. Maybe it just needs a little punch. Well, as I've stepped on the gas harder, the car started going up instead of forward, okay? So the car is going up, and I'm like, what the heck is happening? And then so her boss walks by and says, hey, are you having trouble? I go, yeah, I don't know why the car's not working. And she's like, oh, and I said, yeah, it just it starts going up, you know? And so her boss is like, did you try the emergency brake? I go, yeah, I tried it. She's like, oh man, I don't know then. Uh, good luck with that. And so her boss leaves. And so I'm there and like, all of a sudden, a couple of seconds later, maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds later, I'm like, I double checked the emergency brake. And no joke, sure enough, the emergency brake was on. It was on. So that car was not going anywhere. It was a Remember, this is a Ford 1972. They built cars a lot different back then. This car would not budge. Nowadays, you could drive with the emergency brake on before you realize it's on. Believe me, I know I've done it. But <laughs> with this car, it wouldn't budge. I mean, it would not move an inch. It just it just literally moved until, uh, obviously, once I realized that, I released the emergency brake, and then we were happily on our noisily um, cloudy smoke way. But the point of the story is... I couldn't go far with the emergency brake on in my car. As much as I stepped on the gas, as much as there was power under that engine, I could not move. I wouldn't even go an inch because the brake was pulled on my car. And that's the same thing God began to show me that happens when we complain. The word complain literally means stop. What that means is when we start complaining in our life, it's like we're pulling the emergency brake on in our life. We're pulling the emergency brake on everything that God wants to do in our life. Because God, what does the Bible say? It's our faith that pleases God. Without faith, the Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But let me tell you something. When we're complaining, we are not walking in faith. When we are complaining, there is no faith. If we had faith, we wouldn't be complaining. We would be speaking great things, right? So the fact that we're complaining, it means we're not walking in faith. We're not talking in faith. We're not releasing faith from our mouth. Instead, since we start complaining, we pull the emergency brake up and we stop the forward progress on our lives until once we stop complaining and start speaking positive, then we release the brake and we're free to move forward. 
free to move forward. So I think that's a very cool illustration just to show us the power of complaining and why we need to stop complaining. Now, trust me, I know, I mean, uh, it's not easy to do. We get in the bad habit of complaining, right? And there's been a challenge. How can you go, I will challenge you, can you go 24 hours without complaining? Can you go 48 hours? Can you go a week? It's a very hard thing to do if you really try to do it. So, But it's so important that we perfect that and work on that muscle, the faith muscle in our lives where we cannot complain, where we just hold our tongue back of speaking negative things so that we don't stop the progress God is trying to do in our life. God is trying to do great things in you, but once we start complaining, we're pulling that brake and we stop ourselves from moving forward. So what do we do instead? We do exactly what God told Moses when Moses says, God, what do I do? These people, they, they need water. And Exodus 15, 26, he says, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what's right in his sight. I love the first part. It says, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God. And instead of complaining, we need to listen. When we feel like complaining, when we're stuck, as remember, We usually only complain when we're facing some real stuff, just like the children of Israel were, right? They faced real stuff, no water for three days. That's the real stuff, okay? And so when we face real stuff, we have an option. We can complain or we can learn to listen and trust God. So, and this reminded me of one last story I'm going to share with you before we close up today. And it's a story of the manna, okay? Now, you know... When they were still in this journey of faith, the children of Israel uh, traveling from Egypt to the promised land, they needed food. And so God actually provided supernaturally food for them every morning. There was manna, this bread-like substance on the on the ground, and they would get this and it would be tasty. It was, it was, it was food, okay? Uh, like bread for them. So they would eat this manna. It was called manna. This is the name of the bread, okay? And every morning it was there. But the interesting thing is that what I loved of, of and this is a lesson on trusting God. God told them, every morning I'm going to give you manna, but don't save any of it. Don't save it. Don't store it because I want you to trust me that tomorrow I'm going to provide manna again. And that's where we get the, give us this day our daily bread. It's talking that daily bread is the manna that God provides for us daily. It comes from the story about manna. So every day God says, trust me. Okay, trust me. So of course, if you read the story in the Bible, there's this one family that was walking not in faith and they decided, what if God don't provide manna tomorrow? We're going to be hungry. So what do they do? They keep some. They hide little man in their in their shelf, in their cupboard, whatever. They put little man aside just in case. Just in case God don't show up. Where is their faith, right? So they're not trusting God. They're saying, just in case God don't show up, I got a backup plan. Well, what happens is the family that saved that manna the next day, everyone else is eating fresh manna that God was sure enough to provide for fresh the next morning. But the family that saved it, oh, that manna that they saved had worms in it. It was disgusting. It was gross. It was unedible. They had to throw it away. And they went hungry because they didn't go out to get manna because they thought they had some. So there you go. So a lesson is to trust God, right? That God will provide for you. Very interesting thing. Go with me now for a minute because this is going to really get good. It's going to make sense. It's going to click because... God did this every day, okay? Trust me, trust me, trust me. Don't save the manna. It's going to go bad. I'm going to provide it for you every day. Except when the Sabbath came. 
okay? Sabbath uh, um, for, for the Jews is on Saturday. So on Friday, God told them, now, since it's Friday and tomorrow's a Sabbath, I don't want you to have to go out there and collect all this bread and work. So save the manna on Friday, save enough for the Sabbath so that you don't have to go and get it. And so now they're confused. They go, what? God, you, you told us if we save it, it's going to go bad. So sure enough, that same family <laughs> that didn't trust God, they go out there and this time they don't save it. They go, I remember what happened last time I saved it. It got worms in it. It was disgusting. I'm going to save it. I'm just going to show up. I'm sure there'll be manna every day. There's been manna every single day. But they go out on the Sabbath and everybody else saved manna, just like God told them. They didn't. So there was no food again. Interesting, right? Uh, what is the, the point of this story? It's very powerful. It shows a very cool truth that God's trying to teach us instead of complaining is God was showing them, God told them every day, don't save it. It's going to get nasty. So they obeyed God and it came to pass. Except for the Sabbath, he says, save it because I don't want you to go out there and get it on Sabbath and it won't go bad. So what was it? What was special about that day? Was there was there something? Was it different bread? No, it was obedience to God. So the power of this story is is what the reason why this happened is God didn't want His people to trust a method or a formula. It's not about trusting a method. It's about trusting God as a person. And so when God's, it's not about the manna. Is that the the manna will go bad when God says it'll go bad? It'll stay, you know, preserved if, if God says it'll stay preserved. So you see, the point is, it's not even about the manna. Is what did God say is the point. If God says it's going to get worms the next day, then trust God. It's going to get worms the next day. If God says the next day, save it on Friday and it's not going to get worms, then trust God. On Friday, it's not going to get worms. The point is God's showing them it's not about the manna. It's not about the manna. It's about obedience to the word of God. It's about what I'm telling you. It's about hearing the voice of God. And why is this so powerful? This is super powerful because when we get tempted to complain, we need, you know, a lot of times we get we start complaining that things aren't working the way they should because we can be t leaning on the formula and the method instead of the maker, the formula instead of our father. And these are things that God is trying to teach us to trust me and not the method. Because if you trust the method, then it's going to fail you. So this is the beautiful thing about God that your destiny is so uniquely designed that you must hear his voice to guide you daily. What worked for somebody else may not work for you, right? What worked for someone else may not work for you. And this is the point of God. God is not just some genie who's just saying, if you do this, you're going to get blessed. If you do that, God is not a genie, okay? He is a, a person. He is your father. He wants to know you. He wants you to, to know him. And because of that, he wants what you do to be based on a relationship with him, not a formula to success, not a, a path. Well, don't save it every day. You see, he'll switch up the game. And, and that's why a lot of times in the Bible, Jesus didn't do the same miracle twice. He just switched it up. Sometimes he healed people by spitting on them. Sometimes he spoke a word. Sometimes he did this. He did a lot of different things to switch up the game. Why? 
because we as people, if Jesus healed someone with it by spitting on the sand and putting on their eyes, guess what humans would do? We would bottle up this sand and start selling it online, buy this magic sand. And Jesus is like, it's not about the sand. It's about where the obedience is. It's not about the sand. It's not about that. We want to see the method. We want the formula to God's blessings and favor, but God wants us to trust him, to know him, to, to lean on his voice. And that's what I love, that story when, when they were complaining because there was no water. What did God say? Moses, listen to my voice. Listen carefully to the voice because when you know God, when you hear his voice, he will lead you. You know, Many of you could be going through different things in your life, facing different challenges. We're all in a fight of faith, believing God for something greater because God is always calling us higher, right? But the answer for me could be a different answer for you. And what works for you could be different than someone down the street from you because we're all on a different faith journey. We're all just trying to know God and be obedient to him. So the key to, I thought the best way to end this season, talking about a time to fight is the best way to fight is to trust God, to trust him. And the only way to trust God is when we know him personally. I love the verse in Daniel. It says, the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. The people who know their God, not the people who followed all the rules, not the people who memorized it. It says the people who know their God. Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? Can, can you hear his voice? You see, I guarantee you, if you would spend some time with him and shut out all the worry, shut out all the distractions, all the pressures and listen to God, he will speak to you, and instead of complaining, you'll hear and you'll say what he says in your spirit, in your heart, okay? He's going to put a thought in your mind. Maybe he'll, a friend will call you or something like that. God has so many beautiful ways to speak to you. And I just hope this encourages you today to trust in your God, not the method of your God, okay? And instead of complaining and pulling the brakes on our life, let's when things get rough and we feel like complaining, we can silence the voice that wants to complain, listen to God, and know that he's going to speak a powerful word inside of us. And what he speaks, that's going to be the path to blessing. That's what's going to bring his provision and help us overcome. The more we learn to listen to his sweet voice, that still small voice, the more we listen to it, the more we get attuned to it, the more we can discern what is God doing in your life. And I'm telling you, he is leading you to live your good life right now. And you actually, regardless of what you're facing, you can live your good life right now if you would trust God. If you would trust God with that burden, with that concern, with that worry, with that fear, if you would trust God now, you would realize that you can smile because your God is big enough to take care of you, to love you, to handle you, to come through for you, and to bless you. So, man, I really hope this message encouraged you. I hope that all this season on A Time to Fight inspired you to keep on keeping on, to not quit, and to know that God has great mighty things in store for you. So be sure to say hi on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Next week, we have a very cool interview with some cool friends of mine. I'm sure you're going to love it, so you don't want to miss that. All right, we love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, cheers to your good life.
living that good, good life, good, good life, yeah.